Welcome to the Edutainer Podcast, Season 6.5. I'm your host, Erin Albert. Why Season 6.5? Because this month, during the month of July, my fellow Americans, I'm going to help you with one tip each and every day to help you save money on your prescription drugs. This mini-series for Season 6.5 is entitled Red, Blue, and You, Ways to Save on Your Prescription Drugs. Hey everybody, Aaron Albert. I am back again with another savings tip just for you. Red, Blue, and You, we're talking prescription drug savings right here in the good old U.S. of A., Today, I'm going to talk about, and I promise, next week, Monday, is an episode you do not want to miss because Monday's episode, I'm going to start laying down all the discount coupon sites. I'm going to look at nonprofit pharmacies. I'm going to look at club pharmacies. I'm going to look at advocacy organizations. We are going down those lists. So please don't miss out on next week's episodes as a little teaser. All right, but today I want to wrap this second week of the Edutainer 6.5 season mini-series on ways to save by a method that I actually do not recommend. It is a way to save, potentially, in full disclosure, But that, my friends, is importing drugs from Canada and other countries. I'm going to walk you through why that's not a great idea today. First, I want to put down the disclaimer that technically, under the jurisdiction in which I am podcasting, Indiana and Indiana state law, there is only one method by which people can legally import drugs exclusively and only from Canada. That is under the Personal Importation Act that was laid down by Congress several years ago now. I have looked that act up several times to look at the language of it. As of the recording date here in July in Indiana, only under a Personal Importation Act may patients individually import drugs from Canada at no greater than 90 days supply. They can only import drugs. Insulin under that act is considered a drug and no biologics and no controlled substances may be imported from Canada. That's how I read and interpret the act as I sit here in my home state, Indiana. Now, there have been some states subsequently that have broadened that importation opportunity for patients, and I'm going to refer you to your own state law for whether or not you can do that based upon where you are as a patient. Here's why I really don't like importation. There's a whole bunch of reasons, but first and foremost... There is a lot of drug counterfeiting globally, and 
Now that people for several years have been importing drugs, American citizens from Canada, a lot of counterfeiters have actually gone through Canada and started circulating counterfeit drugs in Canada as well or through Canada. That's a watch out. So we have something called the Drug Supply Chain Security Act, or it's part of the DQSA or Drug Quality and Security Act. This was signed back by President Obama back in the day to track and trace drug supply chains. So basically, you know it from the raw drug manufacturers all the way through to the pharmacy that got the final drug and fulfilled it for the patient. When you import drugs from other countries, the DSCSA is not always necessarily followed because that's federal law here in the United States. So counterfeiting is a big issue. The second issue is that sometimes the the kit or the box or the vial that that drug comes in has different packaging and labeling requirements outside of the U.S. versus inside of the U.S. When the labeling or the packaging around that drug is not conforming to federal law under the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act, or FDCA, we call that misbranding. Now, whether or not the drug is legit and really contains all of the other ingredients, that kind of goes back to counterfeiting and what we call adulteration. But when the labeling or the the label that's on the vial or the packaging is incorrect, that's called misbranding. Anytime you import those drugs technically from Canada, it's technically misbranding. It's a violation of the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act. That's another reason why I'm just not a fan of importing from Canada. The third reason I don't recommend importing drugs from Canada is due to any kind of border patrol seizures of drugs, meaning that if border patrol is looking at the postal service and those products coming in to the U.S., they have the right to seize drugs. And it happens sometimes with Canadian importation companies where a patient's drug is being mailed to them and it gets seized at the border. There is not much you can do once that drug is quarantined and seized at the border. So that becomes a problem too, especially if it's a vital life-saving medication that the patient absolutely needs. Then the Canadian pharmacy has to ship out another quantity, and that's another mess. Plus the fact that a lot of importing companies now actually go beyond Canada, which technically also violates the Personal Importation Act, because as the Personal Importation Act is written, it only counts for Canada. Some of these other companies say that they source from outside of Canada. That also makes me nervous for all the reasons that I just mentioned, because anytime you're getting it from any other source, you just don't know where it's really truly coming from and if it's legitimate. So with that being said, there are two companies out there that work with employers to add as a kind of bolt-on or a third-party service to their pharmacy benefits the option of importing drugs from Canada. I do not recommend these as a way to save money. Also, you know, in independent analyses in the past, I've found that generally drugs are still cheaper to get here in the U.S., at least generics, definitely. But even some brands, if employers, particularly self-funded employers, 
are still collecting rebates off of those drugs and passing them through back to the plan, there can be better savings in the U.S. versus even outside of the U.S. and Canada. Canadian importation cannot be mandated by any plan either. It has to be an optional service because personal importation really has to be driven by the individual patient, not by a plan. I'm just not a fan of these programs for all those reasons. I think it's really tricky. I think mailing between countries is a liability. I think labeling is a problem. I think counterfeiting is a problem. There's just so many problems associated potentially with Canadian or other country importation of drugs for individual patients that I just don't think it's worth the risk. That's my personal opinion and my opinion only as a pharmacist, but I'm never going to say that importing from Canada is a good idea because for all the reasons I just outlined, it's really not. So unfortunately, today is kind of like the anti way to save, in my opinion. I would not recommend importation from Canada. I know some of the companies out there that do this kind of service are now starting to push those high dollar biological drugs as well. That's a no-no because personal importation does not allow for biological drugs. I'm talking things like all of those higher cost branded injectable drugs that are for ongoing immunological issues, multiple sclerosis, etc., that are just, first of all, some of them, if not all of them, are cold chain uh, required, meaning that you have to ship them cold and keep them cold to get them to the patient. Not to mention the biologicals technically are illegal to be imported as well, even on under individual personal importation. Now, That being said, the final caveat that I have to give you is some states have broadened the laws around personal importation. You really have to check in with your state law to find out what is legal for you. Here in Indiana, that's the veil in which I have provided this episode. Other states, jurisdictions, that may differ. I hope this helps, and I hope you never, ever have to go down that path to import drugs from Canada. I just do not believe it is a good idea for all the reasons that I outlaid today. And I promise you, next week, we are getting to it. We're going to talk about all the legit places here you can go for discounts, coupons, advocacy programs, nonprofit pharmacies, and clubs even to get your lowest net cost of your prescription drugs safely. This is Erin Albert. Thanks for listening to week two of this mini-series. I'll be back again next week with the real good stuff. So until then, take care and have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Edutainer Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Albert. Season 6.5, be sure to connect with me over at LinkedIn. I'm at Erin L. Albert there. Or you can connect with us on Twitter. My handle there is Aaron L. Albert as well. Be sure, last but not least, to check out my current employer, Cost Plus Drugs, Mark Cuban Cost Plus Drugs. Our website there is costplusdrugs.com. Thanks for listening. Take care.